0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The 2023 official salary cap number came in from the NFL. And there is about a $20 million jump from just last year.
2: Yeah, but Sarah, it's still not nearly enough for the Ravens to keep everyone. Eric DaCosta has some tough decisions to make on six players, some of whom could end up as cap casualties. And you probably won't enjoy hearing some of the names that are on this list.
1: I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Tuesday, January 31st. And this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault.
2: So Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen, he just couldn't help himself after the Chiefs ended Cincinnati's season Sunday night, Sarah. He made sure that Bengals cornerback Eli Apple got a taste of his own medicine.
1: Plus, another offensive coordinator position was filled Monday, and we'll explain why Baltimore might be the most appealing destination of the 10 remaining openings across the league.
2: We have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the morning vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. So, the 2023 NFL salary cap is officially set, as you heard at the top. The league has reportedly informed teams that the cap will be a record $224.8 million which is up by almost $17 million from last year. That's a nice little bump, but Sarah, as we both know, it is not a big enough bump for the Ravens to go on a spending spree in the coming weeks.
1: I mean, not only can they not go on a spending spree, Baltimore might have to go on a cutting spree. According to Ravens cap guru Brian McFarland, this new cap number, it leaves Eric DeCosta with just $27.8 million to play with. That's how things stand right now. Now, that would sound like a lot of money to go out and get free agents, but not with the holes that the Ravens still have on the roster, especially Bobby with quarterback not signed at this moment.
2: What's crazy is that it wasn't all that long ago that Brian had the Ravens at about 47 million in space. But then Roquan Smith's deal was added to the puzzle along with escalators secured by Devin Duvernay and Justin Matabike, plus incentives that were hit by Calais Campbell, Marlon Humphrey, and Mark Andrews. And then the front office also signed nine former practice squad players to 2023 contracts. So it's almost like you blink and the cap space was literally cut by 20 million and That's where Eric DaCosta finds himself in. It's a little
1: tight. Yeah, Bobby, this money all goes real fast. And you'll hear the lie repeated online every day. They'll say the cap isn't real, but it very much is real. Now, you can finagle it within like a five-year window, but by the end of those five years, bills come due. And it's also even more real in Baltimore because Baltimore has a GM, and Eric DeCosta that doesn't like pushing his bills down the road. He's a man after my own heart. But here's the kicker. That $27.8 million that EDC can still play with, it doesn't include Lamar Jackson at all. And he's the big ticket item.
2: And if he is indeed franchise tagged, that will cost the organization $45 million and change. We've covered that. The Ravens don't have anywhere near that available, as you just heard. Even if he is traded after the tag, which is a scenario that certainly is in play, the team still needs to make room for it temporarily. So to say they're in a tight spot is an understatement. Now, if they can agree to an extension to avoid the tag, things become much, much more doable. But even if he is signed to a long-term extension, Sarah, he would still easily take up most of the remaining cap space.
1: Yeah, most of it, if not, I mean, almost all of it, maybe all of it, it can be a lot. So basically at the end of the day, what we're setting up here, Bobby, is all these roads leave to one place. And that's asking other players to either redo their deals or wind up as cap casualties. And Bobby, I've been looking through the salary cap and everybody's contracts. And as far as I can tell, There are six Ravens currently under contract for 2023 that could get a call from EDC or at least their agent will.
2: All right, let's get into this list. Who's at the top?
1: I'll start with two that may not come as surprises. There's first Calais Campbell. Now he's either going to retire or if he wants to come back and he's still trying to decide that, he's going to want to Probably extend or restructure Bobby right now. His cap hit in 2023 is 9.4 million. And if he retires or if the Ravens cut him, it would create 7 million in cap savings. So we'll just see what he's going to do. He's one sack shy of 100 total for his career. He's still playing at a high level and he didn't seem to want to hang it up. So we'll just have to see what happens there if he does want to return. And then the second name to start out with is Chuck Clark. That doesn't come as a surprise because as we know, he looked to be traded last off season. Now his cap hit for next season is 6.3 million. Not as much cap savings, but it's about 3.6 and every little bit will count. Uh, Bobby, he was just one of four defensive players not to miss a single snap league wide. So he's certainly playing at an extremely high level, but he might be a luxury with, a role that could be decreased with the other safeties on the roster. So it would not surprise me if a trade were to happen there, if EDC could pull one off.
2: Yeah, both Calais and Chuck, we, we know this. They were important pieces to the defensive puzzle this year in Baltimore, and both would certainly be a welcome sight to see return, even if it is unrealistic at this point in time, based on some of the numbers that you just combed through. Calais, year 15, now down. Man, a big decision to make for he and his family. And meanwhile, even Chuck himself didn't seem all that confident about returning to the Ravens during his locker room cleanout at the end of the season earlier this month. So we'll see if a trade is in the works. As it was rumored to be last offseason, that's something to, to monitor of course, but uh, that's two of the six on your list, Sarah. Who else is potentially at risk?
1: All right, these next two might sound a little bit more surprising, but I definitely think something we'll have to give with their contracts. First, Devin Duvernay. Uh, he's somebody that could be cut or EDC could approach for an extension and extend out his cap hit for 2023, which right now is $4.5 million. And Bobby, if they cut him, Or moved on from him, they would save 4.3 million, almost all of it. They would only lose 221,000. And I know it seems weird to mention him as a third rounder who's still on his rookie contract, but he did hit his escalator as a Pro Bowler, but that was as a returner, not as a wide receiver. So 4.3 million is kind of a big number for a guy that could be the number three or number four. That's where you'd actually hope he'd be assuming that upgrades are coming as the Ravens promised at the end of season presser. Now, the second name that might be surprising, Gus Edwards. And that's because his cap hit is 5.6 million. And they could save 4.4 million of that if they were to move on. Bobby, that's kind of big money for really any running back in a passing era these days, let alone a number two running back. I don't want to see any of these guys go, but I'm telling you with how tight things are in the Lamar Lamar situation, those are two contracts that they may have to address.
2: Sarah, who's the final two on your list?
1: So let's start with Michael Pierce and his cap hit in 2023 is 5.9 million, which is pretty hefty for him. And the, but the cap savings isn't very much, Bobby. It's 2.1 million, and the dead money is more than that at 3.8. So it almost seems like it wouldn't be smart to go after him with these numbers I'm giving you. But he had a season-ending torn bicep in week three. That means he played in just 11 games over three years. He just hasn't been available. And then there's Travis Jones coming up, who could replace him going into his second year. And then Kevin Zeitler, I mean, he's been he's been incredible. He he played at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, he's somebody though that has a big cap hit at nine point five million. Moving on from him would save six point five million. Now I don't think they will move on from him, especially when Ben Powers is probably going to be lost to the market. But he is 33 years old, and he's going into his 12th season. So you'd like to see an extension but you'd have to see if he wants to play longer than this next year in his 12th season.
2: All right, great breakdown there. We got more coming up still to come here on The Vault. Patrick Queen had time on Sunday night, and he made sure to let Bengals cornerback Eli Apple
0: know about it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Okay, so by now you're probably well aware of how Bengals cornerback Eli Apple has conducted himself in recent weeks. There's trash talk, Twitter trolling, and taking unnecessary shots. And those are just three of his many antics that we've seen.
2: Yeah, Sarah, I can't for the life of me figure out why anyone would use all of that as a motivational tactic during AFC Championship week, come on, like you're supposed to be staying off Twitter, right? LeBron James once coined that, didn't he, during postseason, like zero dark thirty activated or something along those lines. I'll stick to football though. It places a massive target on a guy's back and gives the opponent more to play for. And based on what the Chiefs had to say post game, partner, yeah, they had plenty. Of bulletin board material going
1: in. No, I'm
0: good, Eli. Apple. I'm gonna smoke one for you. We got live. We got live. Hey, go Eli. Strategy. hey. Burl, Burl, hey. hey. Burl. them tune in again. This that's going I'm on right now. We, smoke. All we all that gonna
2: smoke that. We gonna smoke one for y'all. I'm telling you.
1: All right, Bobby. So for those that have missed it, what was Eli doing on Twitter that has everybody up in arms?
2: Basically, just blatantly going out of his way to be the ultimate troll. Quote tweeting a video of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs sideline argument, right? Suggesting they go to couples therapy, mocking Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin's favorite emoji. Like it's the, the heart hand emoji as a way of trolling Buffalo, suggesting the team be Cancun bound. Now that the season's over, like just sort of classless behavior from a dude who honestly, when we're talking about elite NFL corners, Eli Apple doesn't exactly come to mind, and Shannon Sharp doubled down on that thought.
0: I've never seen in all my years a a, a more average player talks as much as he does. And I'm like, why, bro? You happen to be, it's like being born to wealthy parents. Bro, you ain't do nothing. Nothing. Bro, you had a cup of coffee at the Giants. You had a cup of coffee, you read the paper with the Saints. And you talking like you locking that thing down, like you, like, like you, like you, you Daryl Reedus. If I didn't know, man, I swear he was, he was sauce Gardner, a pass 10 a second.
1: That's the way he talked. He really said average there, Bobby. I guess that about sums it up. But all right, get us into Patrick Queen. How did he get into all of this? Well,
2: it was nothing too, too crazy, but PQ just couldn't help himself. And can you blame him? He just tagged Eli on Twitter and hit him with a little. Bahamas question mark I'm already envisioning the next chapter of this Baltimore Cincinnati rivalry playing out next fall and I know we are both here for it the Ravens and Steelers don't get me wrong will forever be tied to rich rich AFC North history and that can never be taken away but as far as I'm concerned it's taken a backseat to what the Ravens and Bengals have brewing at least for the time being Okay, Sarah, we still don't have any concrete news on Baltimore's offensive coordinator search, but the list of vacancies out there league-wide, it's slowly starting to dwindle.
1: Yeah, Bobby, and that's because the coordinator opening in L.A. has been filled. The Chargers hired former Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, so he'll go from calling plays for Dak Prescott to Justin Herbert. And we already know that the New York Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett. The Patriots hired Bill O'Brien, and the Rams hired Mike LaFour. So that still leaves 10 openings. In addition to the job in Baltimore, the other teams still searching for their guy include the Commanders, Cardinals, Bucks, Panthers, Cowboys, Colts, Titans, Broncos, and then the Texans.
2: You know, Sarah, from the outside looking in, the Chargers gig seemed like one of the more, if not the most, appealing jobs that was available on the market. But now that they are set in LA, I really don't see any of the remaining teams being more attractive than the prospect of coming to Baltimore, where you're more often than not going to be playing in meaningful games down the stretch. But most importantly, you as the OC, you get to take an almighty stab at building an effective passing attack for Lamar Jackson. As we spoke about last week, if you're able to do that, the sky's the limit for your coaching career after that.
1: Yeah, you're going to be a head coach pretty quick if you can. But yeah, and Bobby, we I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, Lamar Jackson isn't locked in," and I understand that. But my guess is that John Harbaugh is proceeding with these interviews as if Lamar Jackson will be back. I mean, I bet Lamar is 90% of what Harbs and these candidates discuss when they brainstorm about the future of this offense. So, Things seem to be setting up nice for the Ravens, it feels like, who could very well get their pick of the lot. Whether it's one of the guys that they've already reportedly interviewed, like a Zach Robinson or a Todd Munkin, or if it's somebody that they still have yet to talk to, like a Bobby Slowick, if they're interested in somebody like him. But the bottom line is Harbs was right when he said,
2: This is going to be a highly sought-after job. This is one of the top football coaching jobs in the world. Everybody's going to want this job. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting started. And we're going to have, it won't just be me, you know, it'll be other coaches and and scouts involved in it. And we're going to cast a wide net and we're going to look far and wide and close, you know, and and, uh, we'll get the best fit for what we're trying to accomplish. And it's going to be a highly qualified candidate. And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with this that took place During Sunday's NFC Championship game, the 2022 NFL Draft's Mr. Irrelevant, also known as 49ers QB Brock Purdy, suffered a torn ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow during the first drive, first quarter, and it's expected to sideline him up to six months. There has certainly been no shortage of drama at the quarterback position lately in San Francisco. Something certainly that Baltimore can relate to. And finally, how about the defensive tear the Philadelphia Eagles have been on? They are the first team since the 2000 Super Bowl winning Ravens to allow seven points or fewer in consecutive playoff games. And for that and so much more, they are Super Bowl 57 bound in Arizona to face off with the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, February 12th.
1: Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. So if you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching The Vault, a podcast covering the Baltimore Ravens.
2: And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today, but be on the lookout for our conversation with ESPN 30 for 30 co directors Ken Rogers and Jason Weber, who will help us preview Bullies of Baltimore on the 2000 Super Bowl winning Ravens.